Good morning. Hear the word of the Lord from Acts 1, verses 1 through 14. In the first, in the first book, Theophilus, I, write about, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. The word of God for the people of God. Kids are dismissed for Kid Zone. Uh, if they're heading out, Missy's over here on this side. Well, this is our our last Sunday of talking about the wild goose chase. It is not the end of the wild goose chase, so. Uh, let me just make that clear, unless we think next week we're, we're not going to be chasing the wild goose, chasing the Holy Spirit. We will always continue to be chasing God's Holy Spirit. But this is the last Sunday that we're going to be focusing our messages 
on this idea of the wild goose. And we've been looking at this unpredictable nature uh, of God's Holy Spirit, um, calling us at unexpected times, maybe in unexpected ways, uh, talking about this uh, flurry of movement in some of these passages that we've looked at. We've looked at uh, the story of Nicodemus who comes and wants to know what it means to be born again from above, and, and Jesus tells him he needs to be born of the Spirit because the Spirit is like the wind moving and, and blowing. We don't always know where it comes from or where it's going. Uh, Jürgen Moltmann references that passage in uh, the video that we just saw. There's numerous stories in Scripture that look at the untamable nature of God. Uh, we often want to fit God neatly in a predefined box, and uh, what we often find is that God does not fit neatly inside that box. We want to cage God in, and God will not be confined to that cage. And that's a little bit of why um, these Celtic Christians referred to uh, the Holy Spirit as the wild goose. Last week we looked at how the wild goose Holy Spirit invites us to continue to dream and see visions for how God is moving us forward and that sometimes these visions and dreams require new wineskins to allow for the expansion of the kingdom of God vintage inside. And lest we think that the wild goose is always a flurry of wings and, and honking and, and flying and all of that, this morning we want to look at this other side of the wild goose chase that you and I are invited into. So as we come uh, and look more at what God is doing in our midst, would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I, I had mentioned something about this kind of when we started this series. Um, initially, when Luke and I were kind of talking about this series, and he was coming up with this um, Grand Theft Wild Goose uh, logo that we've been using for our passages, um, I suggested that maybe we needed to go out and chase some geese to get firsthand experience, see what it's like, maybe learn from that lived example. Uh, we decided not to do that, so uh, no geese were, were chased uh, for this series. Uh, we didn't try that. I do have a number of friends, a num maybe a number of you, that uh, go geese hunting. And, and you know something about the waiting and the anticipation and the paying attention that maybe needs to happen when you go and you are hunting geese? Uh, my own experience in chasing fowl uh, happens every so often in my backyard. Uh, about a year ago, we, we uh, added some chickens to our our uh, house, um, they stay outside of the house, uh, to our property. Um, and so we've, we've got these chickens around every so often. Um, Katie or a neighbor calls and says, hey, hey, one of your chickens is out. We typically move them around our yard in this uh, electrified um, chicken netting. And inside is a movable chicken coop that gets moved around. Um, we call it a chicken tractor. And so they get moved around our property. And uh, they're our lawn care service. They, um, 
They fertilize, they aerate, they dethatch, uh, they do all that work, and they give us breakfast. When was the last time your uh, lawn care service provided breakfast as well? Um, so we, we move them around, and, and yes, every so often one of them gets out, and there's some kind of chasing involved. Uh, uh, this happened uh, maybe about a month or so ago. Um, there was a rather large move. We needed to move them from one spot in our yard to uh, kind of the other end of where we move them around. And so I went out and I kind of herded them, collected them into this, this chicken coop and closed the door. And, and we have 13 chickens and I got all of them but three. And I thought, well, I'm going to, you know, just keep these 10 inside. I'm going to move everything. I'll move the 10 in this thing. And then I'll come back and I'll catch the three. Well, I did this. I moved all of these chickens, and I came back for the three. And, and chickens, uh, hens do this fun little thing when you get real near them and they get a little spooked. They kind of crouch down and they stop running from you. And it makes it fairly easy to catch them. And so I came back, and the first two that I tried to chase did that. And it was real easy. It didn't take real long. One of them was not so cooperative. Um, one of the, the breeds of chickens that we have are called Easter Eggers. They lay, um, one lays a blue-colored egg and one lays a green-colored egg, and so they're fun. They add some variety. Well, one of them is very fast and is always running, does not like to be uh, close to humans at all. And this one was just running all over the yard, and I was chasing it <laughs> all over the yard. And, and uh, several times this, this hen would, would run into these bushes and it would hide and it would try and go around in the bushes. And I, it got to a point where I couldn't chase it. And I had to sit and I had to wait and I had to watch where was it kind of moving a little bit. It wasn't running. Where was it going in the bush? Was it looking at me? Was it not looking at me? It was just a lot of waiting and anticipating and kind of planning what the next move was going to be. Uh, throughout the morning, I had to bring out, I brought out food and water. Maybe that would help coax it out. And it did a couple times. And I would go and I'd chase it around again. I find, this was on a Friday, so this is my day off. Um, so, you know, I had nothing else to do. Um, I basically let the chicken outside for most of the day. It free-ranged, it, it, it wandered. Several times I would go out and attempt to, to chase it, but mostly just waiting and watching and anticipating. This is a little bit of what Jesus instructs his disciples to do between his ascension and the coming of the Holy Spirit. You know, we often focus on the passage that was read uh, about how Jesus is eventually calling and sending his disciples to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. But what he tells them to do first, before they are witnesses sent out, is to wait. Is to wait. I would imagine there's great excitement and anticipation, nervous energy among the, the disciples as they're kind of anticipating this being sent out and being 
witnesses and, and where all they're going to go and, and just, you know, the, the, I imagine the holy energy that's surrounding them in, in, in the wake of the resurrection and, and all of that and, and the anticipation of, of God restoring the kingdom as they understand it. But here they are supposed to wait. Waiting is actually a theme that happens throughout Scripture. These are words from Lamentations chapter 3, verses 25 to 27. The writer says, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul that seeks Him. It is good that one should wait patiently for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for one to bear the yoke in youth, uh, so what, what the writer there is saying by bear the, the yoke in youth is it's good to learn when you're young how to wait and be patient so that when you get older, you have some experience waiting and being patient. I'll confess that's not a lesson I learned in my youth. I don't know about you. Waiting, patience is not something that comes easy to me. There's numerous psalms about waiting on the Lord, waiting for the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31 is the, one of the famous passages that says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord. In the Old Testament, the, the Hebrew word for wait is kavah. It means to look eagerly for to lie in wait for or to linger for. It's interesting to me that none of that is about doing nothing, but it is about anticipating. It is about um, perceiving, lying, lying in wait for, lingering for. You're looking for something to happen, but you are waiting. You are patient in that process. A writer named Mark Vrogop asks, why is waiting so difficult? And he answers, because it feels as if we're not doing anything. And that's the point. You're not doing anything, but God is. However, waiting is one of the greatest applications of the Christian faith. You are putting your trust in God, placing your hope in Him, and expressing confidence that He is in control. Waiting puts us in an uncomfortable place where we're out of control of our lives. This is active patience. That season when God will shape and define us the most. I hope you're able to, to hear a little bit of what uh, Jürgen Moltmann was sharing in this, in this uh, video that, that we showed a little bit earlier. Uh, he has a fascinating story of being um, a German soldier during World War II. Um, one of the first opportunities he got, he uh, surrendered to Allied forces and spent most of the war in a, an Allied prison camp. Uh, where he came to faith in, in Jesus and, and after the war uh, spent time learning uh, about theology and scripture and, and uh, trying his best to, to follow Jesus and, and was very critical of, of the, the German state church um, and, and trying to um, 
follow the lead of some of the confessing church that made it out of uh, the war. But in that video, when he's, uh, the, the interviewer kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek asks him, what do I have to do to activate the Spirit? What do I have to do? Moltmann responds, don't do anything. Wait. Just wait. You, a lot of us think that we can just do something. To, if we do this action, if we behave in this way, if we read our Bible at the right time, if we, that's, all, that's all fine and good. That doesn't force God's hand. We need to wait patiently. How did the followers of Jesus wait? We're told that they were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. They were trying to get tuned in to what God was doing. They were trying to, to listen for those promptings. They were waiting and anticipating what God might do. They were preparing themselves for when the Spirit came. Listening, watching, perceiving when and how the Spirit would come and move. It seems to me that our wild goose chase involves flashes of unexpected, energetic movement that we allow ourselves to be swept in. When God's Spirit moves, we're, we're active and, and we're going and, and we're dreaming dreams and having visions and, and uh trying to think about what these new wineskins involve, and, and we understand the wind is blowing in different directions in unexpected ways. And there are these moments. There is the moments of the fire of Pentecost and the boldness of the disciples going out to preach. There is the ground-shaking events that happen. There's prison-opening movements of the power of God's Spirit. There's the miraculous healing and visioning and dreaming and adventurous flurries of wild goose Holy Spirit wings. But in the wild goose chase, there's also times of waiting, watching, praying, paying ever so close attention to the, the leanings and the small movements of the wild goose, so that when the moment comes... We're ready to continue the chase. My chicken spent most of the afternoon outside, coming and going out of the bushes and, and roaming around the yard and doing what chickens do all over the yard. And yes, a few times I would chase it, but mostly I just left it. Until the boys came home, uh, Jameson and Garrett got home and I said, drop your stuff off in the house. We've got to catch this chicken. I need your help. And so now there's three of us running around the yard. And uh, we had to kind of plan and, and make some organization and, and spread ourselves out. And, and the chicken would cut in between us. And it just was... In fact, at one point, it ran right between Garrett's legs. And he was, at that point, he was just kind of done. You know, he was a little freaked out. He's a little freaked out by the chickens anyway. But then one takes off right between his legs, and, and he was just... 
eventually we got this chicken kind of cornered in one of the bushes that I could get into, and I reached in, was able to pull the chicken out of the bush and, and put it back in a safe space in the, the, where it can be protected and, and everything like that. Uh, a couple weeks later, um, we had a fox in the backyard who was checking things out, so it hasn't gotten anything yet. Uh, so there's this safety that it was back in this safe space. I caught my chicken eventually. But I don't think we ever really capture the wild goose Holy Spirit. Though we are invited to the chase, we are invited to share in this, this flight together with God's Holy Spirit. We're hearing the call of God's wonderful, adventuresome, wild Holy Spirit. We are invited to this adventure that often requires stillness and prayerfully perceiving how God's Spirit is, is, is beginning to move. Where is it looking? How is it making these small movements? Pursuing the Spirit involves waiting, active patience. It involves praying continually. It involves being perceptive with one another to the movement of God's Holy Spirit. Well, we never know quite how God's Spirit will move, when, where, how. But I do know that some uh, of you here this morning are waiting long for God's movement and for God's healing. And uh, in the Church of the Brethren, we continue to practice something called anointing. Uh, in, in the book of James, James invites those who are in need of God's healing touch to come and be anointed and prayed over. And the flurry of the Holy Spirit could happen at any moment. But also sometimes we need to be reminded that our waiting is not in vain. And that God continues to work and move while we wait. So this morning, uh, in a few moments, I want to uh, offer this uh, practice of anointing. If you're in need of a special reminder of God's continuing work in your life, I will invite you to come and be anointed this morning. If you're uh, not being anointed, I just ask you to be in prayer, um, to, to be hearing maybe how God is moving in your heart, to take these moments just to reflect, to pause, to wait on God's Holy Spirit.